morning, church. Happy Mother's Day. Welcome all of you. If you're a visitor or been here for a few days, weeks, months, years, decades, glad to have you back. And uh, for those who are perhaps watching Facebook Live, that's kind of a new thing for us. We welcome you too. You're part of us. Uh, glad to have you here. A very important announcement. On Sunday, June 17th, make sure we get this in our minds, we're going to push the worship service time from 9.30 to 10 o'clock, okay, June 17th from 9.30 uh, to 10 o'clock, uh, June 17th. And we're doing that for a whole host of reasons, but mostly because we love our musicians and singers and, and tech folks who right now get here at 7.30 in the morning, now they get to come at 8, okay? And we also, we also believe that it's a little bit easier for families with younger kids uh, the kids usually can wake up a little earlier. Uh, it's getting the parents to get the kids ready on time, right? So we, we understand these things. So uh, June 17th, 10 o'clock, please uh, mark your calendars for that, that moment in time as well. It's Mother's Day. Uh, would you help me take a moment to appreciate all the women in our lives? You can clap for them, whether they're sitting next to you or somewhere far away. Thanks, ladies. Trying to find my wife. There, hi, hi guys. Okay, very good. We are working our way through the Gospel of Luke, and um, the title of this series is. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, you guys are on ball today, on point. Uh, yeah, we're we're talking about the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke is all about going, going where into the neighborhood, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And we've been focusing primarily on getting ready to go in these early few chapters of Luke's gospel. And so we've got this neat setup uh, because it doesn't matter who you are, we're called to go. Called to go where there are children, uh, where there are professionals, different ethnicities, on the work job, on the workforce, on the playing field. We've got skates and cleats, uh, wherever our kids take us, dance lessons, the beach, and of course, just for the good humor of it, we've got go-go boots up here because um, we're going to go-go anyway. Let's read the text uh, this morning uh, out of Luke. It's the story of the baptism of Christ and the genealogy. I think this is the best hashtag ever. So let's take chapter 3, beginning at verse 21. When all the people were being baptized... That's an interesting phrase. All the people were being baptized. Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, and you just got to love the drama here. As, as he was praying, heaven was opened up and the Holy Spirit descends on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. Wouldn't we all love to hear this? You are my son, you are my daughter, you are my child, whom I love. Other translations say, you are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. Don't we all want to hear those words? By God. Spoken as a blessing in each of our lives. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. Now, here we get to the really, really exciting part of the text this morning. Okay, so bear with me. We're going to read through all the genealogy. But I do think it brings us a sense of encouragement and inspiration and transformation if we take this with us this morning. 
He was the son, so it was thought of, of Joseph. Now here we go. Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Matat, and I'm making these up, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Jani, the son of Joseph, the son of Matthias, the son of Amos, the son of Naham, the son of Esli, the son of Nagai, the son of, not to be confused with math, the son of Math, the son of Mathathias, the son of Simeon, the son of Josek, the son of Joda, not Yoda, the son of Jonan, the son of Resha, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adi, the son of Kosam, the son of Elmadam, the son of Ur, the son of Joshua, the son of Eliezer, the son of Joram, the son of Mathet, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonam, the son of Eliakim, the son of Maleah, the son of Mena. Please, I hope these are over soon. The son of Mattatha, the son of Nathan, the son of David. There's one. The son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Solomon, the son of Nashon. Oh, boy. The, the son of Amminadab, the son of Ram, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son, here's some we remember again, of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, the son of Serug, the son of Ru, the son of Peleg, the son of Eber, the son of Shelah, the son of Canaan. Oh my gosh. The son of Arphaxad. That's what I'm going with, final answer. The son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch. By the way, Methuselah, oldest guy in the Bible. There you go. The son of Jared, the son of Mahalalalalalal. Just, I just wanted to make sure I got it in there. Oh, praise God. The son of Kenan, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Right? You did it. Thank you very much. See you later. All right, let's, I think we need to pray. Loving and holy God, um, what a powerful text. The baptism of your son Christ. An audible speaking blessing into him and us. The genealogy that we're part of a story so much larger than us that encompasses more than one or two or perhaps even three generations. The story of all humankind as it finds its meaning and purpose and significance into the bigger, broader story, the more important story of your story in, with, to, and on behalf of Men, women, and children everywhere, in all places, in all peoples, and in all times. Challenge us this day that we not read the text of Scripture primarily through blonde hair, blue-eyed, white eyes. That does violence to the profundity of this text. 
draw us together as the human family. May we have compassion for all. May we all yearn because of that great work and mission and sentness and activity that you've given us so that we might hear, well done, good and faithful servant. These are my sons, daughters, and children with whom I am well pleased. Jesus, stand in the middle of our conversation. Holy Spirit, enliven us to your truths. God, the God of all universe, the God of all universes, the cosmic God that exists before, during, and after all of human time, would you and you alone be honored and glorified by what it is that you lead us to this day through your living word in Jesus Christ and this text. And all God's people said, Amen. Okay, let's have some fun on Mother's Day. You ready? You want to have some fun? All right, there's going to be a slide come up on the screen in a minute, and uh, there it is. This is uh, going to be a game show, and this is not ready for prime time. This will not appear on television anywhere. And, uh, okay, you're not looking at, can we do, um, can we get them all, like I see back there, except the names? Or are they going to guess them differently? That's what I'm looking for. Thank you. Okay, so this is my heritage. Uh, my brother Matt was gifted by my sister-in-law Lisa. Uh, turn, you know, take a swab, turn in your D, the Q-tip, turn it in, and you'll figure out what your heritage is. This is my heritage right here. I'm 49% something. I'm 17% something, 12% something, 10% something, and 10% something else. And here's how this game is going to play. If anyone here can start to guess these, and we're going to start, first of all, with the what am I that is 49%, you get to win not a free car. You get to win a three musketeers bar. All right? Okay? And we're going to do this decently and in order because we still are Presbyterians. And what's, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to find the first hand that's raised, and we're going to start with uh, 49%. Okay, Betty. Betty, I saw her hand raised. What do you think, in terms of my ancestry, uh, is 49% of my DNA makeup? German. Thank you. <laughs> Wrong. Okay, thank you very much for your participation. Uh, I don't know who came up next. I'm going to go Judy, then Tim. All right, Judy, what do you think? Irish. Good guess. <laughs> Wrong. Okay. I'm going to go to Tim, and then the other Judy. 49%. Scandinavian. Ding, 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 ding. He is absolutely right. Tim, you enjoy this Three Musketeer bar. I expect you to eat it right now. All right, so yeah, 39 or 49% of me is Scandinavian. Bet you didn't see that coming. Bet you didn't see that coming, did you? At all, right? All right, let's go to the next highest one. Let's go to 17%. Betty. Betty wants redemption. Uh, guess what 17% of me is made up of, and I'm, I'm ready to go, Joy. Irish, good guess, and eh, wrong. Thank you very much for helping with the sound effects. Let's stay over here again. Okay, Lynn. English, another great guess, and eh, wrong. Okay, anybody. Okay, I'm seeing Ann back here. 17%, that's another really good 
guess? Eh, wrong, yeah. Okay, Carol. Welsh, great guess. Wrong. Sherry. Norwegian, another great guess. Wrong. Ron? I'm going to give that as a, a, a correct answer. It's Western Europe, and I'm pretty sure it's German on my grandfather's side. So, Ron, uh, you also get a Three Musketeers bar. You can eat it now as well. I would have brought in my favorites, which are peanut M&Ms and Snicker bars, but we don't have peanuts anywhere on campus, right? Okay, so we're doing good. We're at 60-some percent of me. So I'm Scandinavian and German, Western Europe. Uh, let's go to the 12 percent. 12 percent. Who wants to take a shot at 12 percent? All right, Len, bring it on, buddy. 12% of me is made of the Irish, the Scottish, and the Wales. Ding, ding, ding. You nailed it. Len Plick. Three Musketeers. There you go, buddy. Nicely done. Okay, we're getting closer. We only have two 10% left. Uh, who wants to take another shot at it? Okay, here's our gene one of our genealogists in the place. Rebecca. What's that? I'm sorry. Okay, she said Jewish. Okay, I thought you said Ashi Kanashi Jewish. And I'm like, wait, what is this? Like a Jewish? Good question. Eh, wrong. <coughs> Great guess. Okay, another another hand. I see another hand back here. Sharon. What is it? Uh, English, yes, 10% of me is Great Britain. Great Britain, we're going to give you English, and I'm going to have them pass that to you. <laughs> it's a long walk. I personally have no problem tossing things, but I have, I, I see, I, 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 I see lawsuits, basically, in my, is, is, is what's happening. I mean, I'm seeing the litigious nature uh, of our culture. Okay, last one. Uh, Last one. One more 10%. Rudy, come on, buddy. Oh, nice. Okay, he said Russian. Really good guess. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. Okay, yeah. Patrick. French? No, no French. You're not going to... This will be interesting if we get this one, because it blew me away. He, it's always a smart aleck. So his answer, and I quote, possibly, I did have a little help. I'm going to guess the Iberian Peninsula. So that is absolutely correct, yes. Uh, Iberian Peninsula. And I would like to know who gave you the help. You looked on the screen. He looked on the, okay, here's my last question. I'm really pleased that you were able to get that answer, although slightly unethical. <laughs> Do you all think he should get my last candy bar? Wait, wait, wait. If you think he should receive this because we are people of grace, raise your hand. If you don't care about grace when it comes to candy and don't think he should ever get this, please raise your hand. No. 
This is the most loving church ever. All right, you get it? It's all yours. Well done. You know, the, uh, the Iberian Peninsula, Spain, Portuguese. Spanish, so Spanish and Portuguese. So me and Alfredo are brothers, man. We are, uh, you know, I'm, la I'm part Latino. Okay? All right. I hope you had fun. I think we had fun there, didn't we? All right. This is not, we're never going to do this ever again, by the way. <laughs> but you know what it reminds us of, it reminds me of, is I, I'm part of a much bigger story. Okay? I'm, 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 you, we are part of a much, much bigger story. I read something recently that most Americans in the United States, notice I said in the United States, because people that live in Central America are Americans also. Most Americans that live in the United States don't know their ancestral genealogy past more than two to three generations. Because we've made it all about our two to three generations. However, the truth, even in Scripture this morning, is that we're all part of a story that stretches much further than just the here and now. So I hope today is a priestly dose of encouragement for each and all of us. Because I think that we can successfully live into a bigger story, God's bigger story, by letting, and I'm just going to give us three words, maybe, maybe phrases, because it's Mother's Day, I don't want you to work too hard. Uh, I'm going to give us three words or phrases that we can go deep with, and that will help us successfully live into God's much bigger story than we often allow it to be. Okay? So the first word that I'd like to teach you this morning comes right out of this text. Because you have to remember that all the people were being baptized, including Jesus himself. And God enters into the scene with a symbol of the heavens opening up and a dove flying in. And the words of God saying, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. My friends, to live into God's bigger picture story, we have to remember what the first word. We're all chosen. We're chosen. We are absolutely chosen by God. There's room for you in the kingdom of God. In the larger story that's even bigger than this church or this country. It's bigger even than this whole world because there's cosmic spiritual realities at play. There's room for us. We're chosen. We're put on a new team. Do you ever remember as a kid getting that jersey? Anybody play sports as a kid? Men and women, I know you did it. Everybody, I think, should raise their hand. Everybody should have gotten a team uni somewhere along the line. Even if you didn't play a sport, maybe you were a cheerleader. You got the outfit. You got the stuff. 
And those things, to me, they're powerful. I love jerseys. I love uniforms. Even to this day, when I can afford it, which is rarely ever anymore, I went to Dodger Home Opener, and I was thinking about buying a Dodger jersey with this character Kershaw's name on the back. And I went into the pro shop to see how much it costs. It's like 400 bucks. Now, personally, I have no problem doing that. But then I have to come home. And look into her eyes that when I left were blue and now are red. <laughs> right? So I passed. I took a little pass. I took a little pass on that. I love getting jerseys. I love, I love being a part of a team. I, I just love that whole dynamic. And, and friends, to be part of God's bigger story means we're chosen. We're on a new team. We get a new jersey. We get a new uniform. And that uniform is filled with all kinds of strange words like love and grace and peace and justice. And, and uh, the list goes long and long and long. It's, we're justified. We're declared righteous. We enter into a lifelong process of, of being justified. And we symbolize this move from self to kingdom of God team by our baptisms. Because we're chosen. We're on a new team. And that's why you're here today. And it's an amazingly gospel move in a world that wants to slice and dice and piece and puree every single one of us into fragmented shards. We live in a world that wants to do that. We live in a world that wants to chew each of us and all of us up. And yet, and yet, we are chosen by God who utters a one single word and all things come into being. That's some good news on Mother's Day, eh? By the way, some of my ancestors from Scandinavia settled in the Midwest and others settled in Canada. That's why I threw the A in there, yeah. Just so that you know. You see, baptism is this move from surrender to faith. And in that move, God does some amazing things. We are declared just, justified. We are now put on a level playing field with each other, with the planet, and with God. We are considered righteous, which means all things have been paid. Nothing is left undone. The debts are satisfied. The playing field is level. And then we enter into a lifelong process called sanctification. Becoming more and more inclined with the will of God. Developed deeper into the image of God. Able to love all people in this justified and declared righteous way. Because we aren't the only ones that are chosen to be on this team. The chosenness of being on this team transcends our place in the political world. So it includes people from countries everywhere. And for me, it includes my heritage, my ancestry in Scandinavia. I still have relatives there. My wife's, I don't know what Dawn's is, but she'd probably be 98 Scandinavian. 98% and maybe 2% Great Britain or something like that. Although we don't know. You saw a snapshot of, of where my heritage 
has found itself. Where's yours? A number of years ago, I met a guy who I just, I fell in love with. His name is, uh, as a good friend, guy friend. <laughs> you know, you got you to gotta explain everything <laughs> these days, the fine print, the bold print. Bobby Martin, Bobby's just the nicest, humblest guy. He's got really long hair, wears it in a ponytail, ta- uh, works with Seattle's Union Gospel Mission. He was working with uh, uh, young men who were trying to come out of the ga- gang violence in south-central Seattle, and that was, that's his life calling and ministry, even to this day. And the mechanism that he uses in, as he develops relationships with, with these young men is he involves them in a woodworking shop, and they build things for other churches. Give them a sense of purpose, train them for a trade, the list is long and large, and then they, he does discipleship around this as they move their way out of uh, the life of gangs. And he and I, he and I got to be fairly good friends uh, for some reason, he liked me because I, I don't have long hair. Uh, but he was just had an open heart. And one of the things that we ended up trading back and forth with one another, we still do it to this day when we send text messages back and forth. The last thing that either I'll say to him or he'll say to me is very simple. Remember your baptism. Because we're chosen. And in that chosenness, there's room for you. And there's room for every single human being on the planet who who surrenders their life to Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter what continent they live on, there's room for them in the kingdom of God. And I'll even use it today the family of God in the sentness sense. There's room. So I think that's a powerful word. Friends, you are chosen. You were chosen to be on a new team. And your baptism, your baptism is your draft notice and your signing bonus on that new team. The second word that comes out of this text is when we read it, it said the word loved. Other translations are beloved. You are my son or daughter, my beloved son or daughter, with whom I am well pleased. There's only three times in the New Testament when God talks to Jesus. This is one of the three. And God says to everyone and even to Jesus as he begins his ministry, you are my beloved son. So because we are chosen, because there is hashtag room for you, number two, you are beloved by God. Hashtag, you matter. And our baptism reminds us of this. That we are beloved of God. Now I've noticed something as a parent over the last 25 years, and I don't know why this is happening. But people are talking faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. You ever notice this? You ever seen this show, Gilmore Girls, years ago? My kids loved the Gilmore Girls, hated it. They talked so fast. 
the language went to the center of my brain and it blew my head out from the inside out. I just, I could not handle that pace of communication. Like, gave me a headache. So what I want to do with this one word, beloved, is slow it down significantly. Are you ready? My friends, you, every single one of you here are beloved by God. Now, I want to take that one step further because for many of us, just slowing it down is a good spiritual activity, but it stays up here. Now, I'm going to ask you to let those words travel from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. Can you do that with me? Can you try it? I want you to allow the Holy Spirit of God to take those powerful words that God speaks to Jesus and to us to go from just an intellectual thing that we get and let it travel its way from the top of our head to the tips of our toes. And I want you to feel it go all the way down. You can do this. And you will feel it if you allow it. Are you ready? My friends, you are, you are so beloved by God. doesn't matter what you say, it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter how hard you try and you still make mistakes, it just does not matter. It doesn't matter. No matter what baggage you bring in here today, no matter what the state of the relationship is with the people you drove in here with in your automobile, how culpable you were in that conversation or not. Still beloved by God. And he's well pleased. Last week, a small group of us went down to Tijuana. We spent a night in Chula Vista, a night in Tijuana, and then another night back in Chula Vista. One of the, one of the curators of the trip uh, was into the Enneagram. And we did an Enneagram in there uh, not too long ago. Uh, and she was really into the Enneagram. She was going around asking everybody what their Enneagram number was, what, what personality type they were. She came up to me and she said, what number are you? The first night. She said, what number are you? I said, I'm a three. And she kind of smiled. We left it at that. The second night, after we saw more items, and we were staying, actually, at a uh, Catholic-run shelter for folks who were coming up as immigrants from Central America and those who were uh, moving from the north here in the United States back down south, and we were listening to their stories. And after we'd finished eating, uh, three of us were sitting, standing actually, looking over a balcony down onto the quadrangle down below, and. Again, she came and she said, you know, I was talking to some of the folks in your van today and they, they, they just love what's going on in your church, spoke really highly of your ministry. 
And I tried to dis- deflect it really quick and move on. Well, that's good. So there's cool things going on. And then she said a second time, because she knows I'm a three. She said a second time, no, I, I really need you to, to hear that. You really need to hear that and understand that. I said, okay, yeah, I appreciate that. That's good. That's great. Appreciate it. Because, you know, threes, we don't really, threes are just all about, we got stuff to do. <laughs> threes are like, we just, we just do things. We got checklists, and the day's not done until the checklist that actually has enough for about two or three days on it is done. So they're kind of workhorses. And I smirked at her a little bit, and I said, you're not going to let me off the hook for this, are you? She just looked at me and said, hmm. I said, all right, I, I receive what you just said. Thank you. It's so hard for us to hear. You are my beloved son or daughter with whom I am well pleased. And yet, we are. Ready for the third word? Remember the first two? Chosen. Be loved. Be loved. Don't go cruising through that one too fast, because that's part of the problem. You're chosen. You are beloved by God. And a third word, and I think it comes out of the genealogies, you are, you are remembered. You are remembered. Your whole family heritage is remembered by God. God does not forget anyone in any place over any period of time. God does not suffer any form of memory loss. You are remembered better than we can remember ourselves. I also find this word fascinating because in the notes, I did a little play on words again. Re slash membered. Not only are we remembered by God, but through this table, we are remembered into the body of Jesus Christ. Now that's some powerful theology that has ridiculously practical implications for us as a church. One of the stories we heard that, we heard a lot of stories last weekend. One that, I'm not, I'm not gonna go, these aren't even deep stories, the deeper ones I'll tell later. We were uh, talking in San Diego the last morning before we started to process it and we had a, there was a, a DACA recipient student there, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Uh, she went through her whole story and all the way through the whole weekend, people were alluding, alluding to how odd it is to live in a place where not really wanted, 
but this gal had, had the, to me, one of the quotes of the week. And she, she literally looked at all of us after telling her story, and she said, it's just, it's just the most unsettling thing to spend my whole life living in a country that just doesn't want me. There's nowhere, there's nowhere for me to put that theologically. And here's why. Because of this text today. Because every single person is chosen. Every single person is just be loved by God. And every single person is remembered to go. To be a part of the kingdom of God, the family of God, the community of God in its missional sentness sense means that there isn't any single person in this room, no matter how great or crummy your family experience growing up was, <laughs> we live in a land It's called the kingdom of God where we are wanted. So I think an action step for us might be simply uh, one real practical, because I think it gives us a bigger sense of the global reach of the kingdom of God. Do you know your ancestry? Do you know your genealogy? If you don't, work on it. We're going to find we're all immigrants. We're going to find that we're here because of someone else's checkered past. That's the just downright doggone truth of it. So do some work into, uh, into that. That's the dark side. The good side is because we're a part of this larger global and cosmic story of humankind that's called the kingdom of God, and that's really important. And then more practically, think about your sphere of influence, people that you live nearby, maybe you work with, maybe you go to school with, maybe you play hockey with, Stanley Cup's still going on, maybe you play soccer or, I'm going soccer cleats there, or baseball, uh, work with them, go to the beach with them, have children the same age. Who's somebody in your life that needs to know that they're chosen by God, that they're highly, highly beloved, and that they're remembered? Because they too can live in a country called God's country where they're always wanted. Where they're always wanted. Would you pray with me?
PPC. There's room for you. You matter. We see you. This is church for the rest of us. This is Placentia Church. This is Iglesia de Placentia. This is the best hashtag ever. This is the best news ever for everyone. May those words travel deeper than our mind. May they impact the way we speak and think, the way in which we use our hands and our feet. May every encounter with someone in this room this day, this week, be about creating room, being about showing others that they matter, being about the church for the rest of us, saying with our actions, we see you. Because that's the essence of a work of a mother. And John Calvin said, the church of Jesus Christ is my mother. She births, births new realities into existing political structures. May it be so. Infuse us with courage. Inspire us in this transformation. May we go in your name. Amen. Will sing us? <coughs> Will you stand with us as we close? Multiplied.